0: Man, amen. Can you hear me? Is it good? Awesome. I'm so honored to be on here with these amazing men of God. Apostle Oscar, Apostle Prophet Jonathan, Prophet Jordan. I mean, I'm I'm full. I could just feel the presence of God like as they were all speaking. I texted I texted Prophet Jordan. I was like, listen, just give just give Apostle Oscar Oscar my time. <laughs> Let him just take it. <laughs> it was great. It was great, man. Man, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I'm glad to be with you guys. Lord God, I just thank you for this opportunity to share the word with your children. I pray that as this word goes forth, let it be a seed that is deposited in their lives, which would bring to pass transformation in everything that they put their hands to do in the name of Jesus, and which would bring to pass transformation in their lives as well. Amen. I pray that These teachings, not just from me, but from everyone else that they've received from, would stir up gifts inside of them, enabling them to operate in the authority that you've given them as your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord of God. So I am here to speak about the Marine Kingdom. I don't know how deep we're going to get inside inside this topic. It's a pretty deep topic. I believe it's very necessary for us to deal with this topic because the marine kingdom is actually the largest kingdom of Satan. And we understand that there is a kingdom of Satan in the air on the earth. Um, The Bible speaks of the queen of the sea. The Bible speaks of the queen of the air and it speaks of the kings that are on the earth as well. And so there are three main kingdoms in which Satan holds his uh, kingdoms. He, he he holds his He has operations, should I say. And out of those three, the Marine Kingdom is actually the largest. And so there are some biblical foundations for the Marine Kingdom. We're going to talk about the biblical foundations. We're going to talk about some of the types of marine spirits, the operations of marine spirits, the agenda of marine spirits in one's personal life, or should I say in... The in on the individual level, and then the operations of the marine kingdom on the societal level. I'm going to try to speak slowly as well, so you have the opportunity to take notes. Um, and so we're dealing with these things, and so we, in and, and dealing with the marine kingdom, you have to understand that the waters are very important. Amen. The waters are very important. The Bible says in Psalms 24 from verses 1 to 2, it says the earth, I don't know whose sound that is. It says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the flood. And so we see the founding and establishing of the earth itself upon waters. Also Psalms chapter 104 from verses five to six, it says, who laid the foundations of the earth that it would not be moved forever Thou coverest, amen. It was deep as with a garment, the waters stood above the mountains. Also understand that God's throne itself is also upon the waters. Psalms chapter 29 and 3, it says, uh, the voice of the Lord is upon the waters, and the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. And we see that throne of the Lord being upon many waters. And many of you know as well that 70% of the human body is water and 72% of the earth is covered by water. And so if any kingdom is to gain specific dominance in earth and to become great, it must have a strong naval operations, naval base and naval presence, amen. And so the waters are very indeed very important uh, we understand that it is usually the cities and countries surrounded by the waters that struggle with witchcraft lust and perversion perversion the most and that's one of the things that came to mind when prophet jonathan he was speaking about the gates of hell and how it was always around the waters we talk about the caribbeans haiti florida new orleans nigeria new york you know or, or uh countries by the Niger River etc so we have countries and cities which have water around them or in which the people really deal and dabble heavily in worshiping certain entities that often struggle with witchcraft lust and perversion the most water is a symbol of life but the devil seeks to pervert it the bible says out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water Amen. In the last day when the Bible speaks of that great city, which is New Jerusalem, it says that there will be a river that flows from the throne of God. There will be no more sea on the earth, but there will be a river that flows from the sea or that flows from the throne of God in which the tree of life will dwell on both sides, amen? And so we see water being something that is very essential and very important in just the creation. The Bible says in the beginning, God created heaven and earth and the earth was formed and without void and water covered the deep. So everything that was created came out of water. Let me know if that makes sense to you. Everything that has life, every living, breathing Organism comes out of water. There is nothing that is created in a place of dryness. When a child is getting ready to be brought into the world, what happens? The mother says, My water just broke. You know, even when we talk about a chicken and, and, and a chicken, an egg, what is in there? Fluid, liquid. So everything that is in creation and everything that is created and everything that procreates does so with the help of water itself. Let me know if you guys are understanding this and if this is making sense to you guys. And we have to also begin to understand vessels and authority over water. Before Jesus began his ministry, he proclaimed authority over the waters by what? Turning water into wine. And this is seen in John 2 from verses 1 to 11, before he could deliver the man with legion, and we're going to get into into this as well, before he can deliver the man with legion, he had to silence the storm, and the pigs, they ran into the water. The Bible says that when he He silenced the storm, and the moment he got to the land, what happens? The demoniac met him, he casted the demons out of him into the pigs. The pigs ran into the water because that was where the spirits came from before. Elijah caused it not to rain and also parted the river Jordan before he ascended into glory. So we see all throughout God's dealing with his sons and daughters that there is kind of this battle and there is this exertion of authority upon the waters. And then we see Moses, Moses, his entire life in general was surrounded by water. If you really want to, you know, if you really want to study, just study his life from, from his conception to him being put in a basket on a river and all that. And so we see Moses exercise authority over the waters in Egypt and birth, even At birth, so Exodus chapter 2 and 3, he parted the Red Sea, Exodus 14 and 21, and he struck a rock to bring forth waters, Numbers 20 and 11. We see Joshua, who's a servant of Moses, also now parts the Jordan River, Joshua chapter 3 and 4. We see David repeatedly cry out to be delivered from the waters. My God, he continually cries out. We see that in Psalms 144. I mean, we're, we're just rushing through Psalms 144 and 7, Psalms 18 and 6. We see Solomon mastering the waters through wisdom to bring great wealth to Israel. And that is one of the reasons that the, that the Marine Kingdom has such a strong hold over commerce and over media and over the society. Be, and, and and what does the Bible say? It says Solomon mastered the waters through wisdom to bring great wealth to Israel. He but he was not able to deal with the demons and false god that came through this business of his. First Kings chapter 9, 26 to 28. And we also see Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dream, which took place in the in a river, and this led to him being this led to him rising prominently. In Egypt, Genesis chapter four and one, and so we see all throughout Scripture there are men of God who exercise their authority. Glory to God who exercise their authority over the waters. Amen. And so I'm going to share with you guys some biblical marine spirits. Because a lot of times when we talk about demons. The same way that we believe every angel has a name, and we don't know all the names of angels, but we know that the names of some of them, is the same thing with demons. So every demon has a name, at least the ones that I've encountered, amen, unless they lie and they try to say that they forgot their name, but it's the same way that they all have a name, but we don't know all their names except by a revelation, but there are some key Spirits that are mentioned in the Bible, which are known as marine spirits. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you the names, I'm gonna give you the verses so that you can go back and do your own studying as well. We talk about the beast or the antichrist actually being a marine spirit, and we see this in Revelation chapter 13 and 1. And it says, And I stood upon the sand. Of the sea and saw what a beast rise up out of the sea, and so one of the major assignments of the marine kingdom is working. They are working tirelessly and and with great effort to bring to pass this great agenda to see the antichrist begin to rise. And the Bible says, "What?" And I stood upon the center of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowned and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. So that is one marine spirit or a spirit that we can consider being a marine spirit because it comes out of the water and they would deal with the most popular marine spirit, which is Leviathan. And we see um, some verses, I'll give you some verses for this, Isaiah chapter 27 and 1, and then if you read the entire book of Job chapter 41, then we talk about Psalms 74, 13 and 14, Psalms 104, 26, and Job 3 and 8. But in dealing with Leviathan, I'm just going to go through some of its characteristics. When you read the book of Job chapter 41, it says what? It says, can thou draw out Leviathan with a hook. Mind you, Leviathan is known as the king of the children of pride. So it's often referred to or or, or referred to as being a stiff neck creature. And so when people are dealing with pride, with arrogance, we say usually they have what? A marine spirit. Oh, they have a Leviathan spirit. It says, can thou draw out Leviathan with a hook or his tongue with a cord which let us down? Can you put a hook to his nose or bore through his jaw with thorn? You see, Leviathan cannot be drawn out through our own strength. It is not by power. It is not by might, but by the spirit, says God. Pride is not something that can be overcome outside the power of God, it is only he that can hook Leviathan. If you go to verse 3, it says who will he make supplication unto? Because I want to make this as practical for you as possible so that you can really begin to understand how these things may affect your life as an individual. Um, because as I, even as I begin to travel and do ministry and as I begin to minister deliverance, it's like everywhere I go, I'm encountering certain marine spirits because it's so prevalent, but I really don't believe that there are a lot of people who are dealing and, and, and dealing to this depth of deliverance to deal with this. I remember I was just in California and I was praying with someone and I mentioned, I was praying with this, mind you, it's a white man and I'm praying with him and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm speaking to this spirit and the Holy Spirit is giving me the names of spirits to call out. And all of a sudden he says, speak and call out a mermaid spirit. And I'm like, Holy Ghost, what does this white man know about a mermaid? I mean, that's for us African folk we deal with all that deep level of demons and and those higher ranking spirits so what does this white guy know <laughs> what does he know about about mermaids and the spirits that call it out and i call that devil out and this man lunged at me i mean he growled and he lunged at me and i said my god and I joked with him after because the moment he lunged at me, I just, I laid my hands upon his head and I said, let him go in the name of Jesus. And I joked with him after. I said, listen, I had to lay my hands on you before you laid your hands on me with the way that you jumped at me. Amen. And so we see, um, and and then afterwards when he was delivered, he said, yes, I remember because I would often have dreams and see mermaids in my dreams. And he, and he comes from a city that is surrounded by a lot of water and dealing with a lot of uh, um, ancestral worship, amen. And the spirit of God told me some other things concerning his life that we'll get into about how they're demonic children and the spirit and all of that. And so we'll get into in some of that stuff. So it's, it's, it's a reality. This stuff is real. And it says, will he make... And so going back to the text... Mm-hmm. Uh, Job 41 and 3, it says, will he make supplication unto thee? Will he speak soft words unto thee? Supplication is prayer. So one of the things that Leviathan does, it hinders one from humbling themselves and praying. People often, if you, one of the ways, you know, you're dealing with a spirit of Leviathan because we think that pride is just, oh, I'm walking around, I'm big, I'm bad, I'm arrogant, I did this, I did this. No, but if you literally find it difficult to pray, if the moment something spiritual comes on, you find yourself getting sleepy or tired during prayer. For those of you that are pastors, you'll know that regardless of how short the service is, there are some, there's that one person who's always going to sleep. It's a spiritual thing. People will often get sleepy. They'll get tired doing praise. They'll have a hard time asking for help. And those who are constantly harsh in nature and unable to yield their tongue and exhibit the fruits of the spirit are usually under the control of this marine spirit known as Leviathan. If we go to verse four, it says, will he make a covenant with thee? Will thou take him for a servant forever? Leviathan causes the inability to enter into a a covenant because covenants require submission and accountability to someone else. Covenants, which include marriages, relationships, friendships, connections, they require submission and accountability. So, consistently, you see someone who's dealing with the spirit of the via thing, they Seem to be the odd ball out. A majority of the time, it's difficult for them to connect with people and to establish long-lasting relationships. And one of those reasons that we'll get into is also spiritual marriages, and we'll deal with that as well. Some churches and some churches, denominations, and Christians also reject the some parts of the new covenant. And so it doesn't just have to deal with uh, the covenant as my covenant with prophet Jordan as an individual, but then we have institutions that reject the covenant. And so some churches will reject what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. They'll reject speaking in tongues. They'll reject prosperity. They'll reject healing. They'll reject deliverance. They'll reject miracles, signs, and wonders. They will reject part of the covenant or, or part of the provisions that Christ has made available unto us. And the reason they rejected is because they are under the influence of that Leviathan spirit. And you can tell when you speak to some people who have certain theological mindsets or, or beliefs, they speak with such a pomposity and an arrogance to them. And so religious pride says, my church and my denomination does it best. If we don't do it, then it isn't God. That is the mindset of a people that are being run by this Leviathan spirit. I mean, and I can go all the way down to verse 34, taking you piece by piece. Job chapter 41 and five, it says, will thou play with, will thou Play with him as a bird, or will thou bind him as thy maidens? Leviathan cannot be tamed, it cannot be kept as a pet. The moment we find some of it in ourselves, we should not seek to control it, but instead completely rid ourselves from it, for only God can destroy it. If you go to verse 6, it says, Shall companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? humility exalts but pride abases leviathan will stop one from reaching their fullest potential i mean i need you to understand this especially for those of you that are gifted and for those of you that are young because as a young man of god i'm looking around in my generation and i'm seeing so many believers so many gifted people cutting themselves short because they they think they are already at a spot that they're yet to get to and so they They get arrogant with what they've seen so far, and in doing so, they're unable to completely come into the reality of who God has or who God has created them to be, and that is what pride does. Amen. That is what pride does. It keeps you fixated on your present identity and you begin to completely ignore the process or the working out of your salvation or the process of your, your development into the knowledge of the things of God and your steady growth. It says, Leviathan will stop one from reaching their fullest potential. It says what? Shall the companions make a banquet of him? Shall they part him among the merchants? Listen, many people who have financial struggles deal with this spirit. You cannot merchandise or traffic on him. And we're going to deal with some of this stuff because we're just talking about Leviathan. Uh, it takes humility and knowledge to sow seeds and to give while expecting a harvest. What I say? It takes humility to sow seeds and to give while expecting a harvest. Some people, they give, and they're like, okay, where's my money? Where's it going to? God, I gave this. I want to return. I want the return to look exactly like this. I want the return to come exactly at this time. And so we're looking at God, and we're treating him as if he's our banker. God is not your banker. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God is not your banker. But anyways, the Bible says in Job to the 41 and 15, it says his scales are his pride shut up together as with a closed seal. And so we see the... What we deal with in the ministry of the liver is called the scales of Leviathan. And spiritually speaking, these scales were so tight together that even air could not pass through. And so, allegorically, we have someone, when they're dealing with the spirit of Leviathan, there are certain scales that must be dealt with because it hinders the flow of air, rock, the spirit. And so we see someone not being able to come into a place of relational, or revelational relationship with god the things of the spirit are not real to them oftentimes such people they they are in a place where they never cry listen I'm not saying that you have to be sensational or overly emotional, but if you never never cry in the presence of God, I believe that is strongly an issue of pride. If you can never bring yourself to a place of brokenness, if you never have felt the presence of God before, that is an indication that there is something that needs to be dealt with. His scales are his pride. And so Leviathan has many scales and those scales themselves are demons that must be dealt with. And so I'll, I'll run through. Some of the scales with you here. We have witchcraft, anger, intellectualism, manipulation, perfection, self-centeredness, rage, unyield, an, an unyielding spirit, a spirit of destruction, a hard-hearted intolerance, mockery, rebellion, shame, arrogance, control, disobedience, heartiness, strife, boasting, and cursing, and dominating spirit, independence, lying, selfishness, stubbornness, and an unwillingness to apologize, egotistical conceitedness, and intolerance. And that is just a few of them. And so someone who's dealing with a full-blown issue of the spirit of Leviathan oftentimes will have these scales that need to be dealt with in order to see the facilitation of their complete freedom. <clears throat> Let me know if, if 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 I'm making sense to you, amen. <clears throat> And so now in dealing with marine spirits, uh, there is another dragon. So there are two main dragons that are mentioned in the scripture that are really in the water, should I say. And so we have Leviathan, and then we we have what I call his sister, amen. Rahab the dragon, Um, they actually, I don't wanna say they're brother and sister, but they work together and, uh, and they have a king that is currently bound up in the abyss which prophet Jonathan had spoken about. Amen. And so we see Rahab the dragon in Psalms chapter 89 from verses 9 to 10. It says, thou rulest the raging sea. When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces as one that is slain, thou scatterest thine enemy with thy strong arm. And so we see the breaking of Rahab the dragon. We also see her mentioned in Job chapter 9 and 13 in NIV. It says what, God does not restrain his anger, even the cohorts of Rahab cower at his feet. And so now not only do we have Rahab, but we have cohorts. And that goes to tell you that these spirits uh, um, are not working by themselves in the marine kingdom. It is literally a kingdom. Think, I want you to conceptualize or imagine the city of Atlantis, that is exactly kind of, that's really how it is. It is a city that is under the sea in the waters, amen. And if, if you were to enter into it, you would have to have spiritual eyes, but at times they can manifest themselves physically on the earth as well. And we're gonna get into that as well. And that is one of the reasons why society is now enamored with Marines. I was just praying with a a, a, a little baby um, a few weeks ago. The mother says, my daughter, she's enamored with mermaids. Like she has, she's everything she has Has to have around her is a mermaid but this child is autistic and this child really deals with fits and anger and stuff of that nature and i said listen you have to get rid of all of that stuff and we'll take this child through deliverance and we took the child through deliverance and progressively the situation is getting a little bit better and so we see you know Um, things become socially acceptable. And we're going to get into that socially acceptable in society in order to make people receive it without knowing what they are receiving. And so they make it look pretty for you. So even the cohorts of Rahab cowered at his feet. These spirits have cohorts. We talk about mermaids and merfolk. You would think it's called merman, but it's actually merfolk. But then we deal with Job 26 from verses 12 to 13, NIV. It says, by his power, he churned up the sea. By his wisdom, he cut Rahab to pieces. By his breath, what happens? The sky comes, became fear, and his hand pierced the gliding serpent. And so we see these mentions of Rahab the dragon. And then we deal with another marine spirit that is not outrightly mentioned as a marine spirit, but this is the God called Dagon, Dagon. And this is one of the gods that was worshiped by the Philistines. And the Bible says this, many of you will know this story from First Samuel chapter five, when the Philistines had taken the Ark of the Covenant, they brought it from Ebenezer, which means rock of my help or stone of my help, unto into, Asher. And that's a whole sermon of itself. In order to carry God, you need God to help you. Amen. And it says what? When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when day of Asher arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the covenant so we have an idol that is placed where or we have the ark of the covenant that is placed in this place where they keep their their own idols which is Dagon and when they come the next day they find their idol face flat on the on the on the floor almost as if it's worshipping the ark right and they took Dagon and they set him in his place again and it said tomorrow When they arose early in the morning tomorrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face and to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And this time, what happens? The head of Dagon and both palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold and only the stump of Dagon was left. Understand me, if you look up a picture of Dagon, it is literally a merfolk or merman. It is a man or deity that half of his body is that of a human man and the other half is that of a fish. And it says in verse 5, neither therefore the priest of Dagon nor any that came into Dagon's house threat on the threshold of Dagon and Asher unto this day. And it says, listen to me, it says, but but the hand of God was heavy upon them of Asher and he destroyed them and smote them with emeralds. And these emeralds were actually like boils and you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe where they were. They were on their genitals. And so you have to ask, why would God smite these people with emeralds on their genitals? What is the connection between the genitals and the God or the mermaid spirit that they serve? I want to tell you what that connection is at this moment. Every agenda of sexuality and perversion is headed by or orchestrated by the marine kingdom. By the marine kingdom. And we're going to get deeper inside of that as well. You see, and now in dealing with revelation, there are, I'm not not referring to the book of revelation. I'm referring to those who have actually have had the opportunity of being in that camp and coming out. And so we have several types of marine spirits. And I'll give you the names of them, but I won't get, I won't really talk about them because I don't really believe it's necessary to know unless you're a minister of deliverance. There is the river bottom marine spirits. There are river basin marine spirits. There's a stone river marine spirit. There is a lake marine spirit and a lagoon marine spirit. And these revelations are brought by those who are actually able to enter into that sea. I want to tell you this because I posted, I posted this on my Facebook to watch your appetite. There are those that are alive on this earth uh, that have had the opportunity to go to that city that is under the sea. If you go to certain cultures, especially it's especially prevalent in the Haitian culture, they will tell you that you don't go to the sea after or you don't go to the shore or towards any body of water after a specific time, because it is known that people were have gone missing in the water and have appeared years later. And in one story, there was a woman that went missing, and she appeared, and her friends found her, and she had long hair. And her feet were curled up because she was in the water. And so there are people alive on this earth. And a majority of times, like when you ask them what happened, what did you see? And you begin to ask yourself, how are these people able to breathe? I mean, it brings up so many questions. Like, is are they there in their spiritual body? Are they there in the physical body? How are they able to breathe, etc.? So <laughs> it's very interesting when you think about it. And so these people, a lot of times when they have those encounters and come back, they are they are. Told to never speak about what they've seen there. Yeah, and and that's why in a lot of cultures that deal with heavy water worship around the river areas, what happens? A lot of times the rivers have very specific rules because they are guarded by certain entities. I remember a, a, a few years ago I was praying with this young lady, and all of a sudden she begins to sing this song, and she begins to sing this song, and it goes like this. It says, it go. It says, we bathed her in the river. They bathed her in the river. They ba-. and I began to ask, who bathed her in the river, and why is that essential? And it began to expose itself in saying that. Her grandmother had actually bathed her in the river as a child and unknowingly committed her or covenanted her to the gods that were, or to the deities, or to the demons that were in charge of that water. And so we see certain bodies of water, amen, being being guarded over by certain entities. Uh, And I made it tell you that what you see in places like the the Bermuda Triangle, it is not natural. There is a spiritual source. But some waters are bloodthirsty. There are some waters that are bloodthirsty because it is not the people. It is not the water itself but the spirit that is working behind it. I believe it was, I forgot this man of God. But I believe it was Ayo Babalola. No, no, no. I believe it was Ayo Babalola where there was a river where he comes from and, and it would never claim the lives of those that were in the village, but it would always claim the lives of those that came out of the village until he came and he prayed He prayed a prayer and he anointed the water and he says, you bloodthirsty river, I shut your mouth. And ever since then, the story goes that you can even go to the deepest depths or or go as far into the water as you want to and you won't drown. And so we see this, when there is a place or areas... that are heavily influenced by water and water spirit, God will always raise up strong apostolic voices. Look at a place like Florida. Look at how many strong and well-known apostolic voices that are there. They are not just there to build nice, pretty big churches, but to actually stand as guardians and gatekeepers. Why? In order to stop (laughs) in order to stop the infiltration of the kingdom of hell or to hinder it. Because a lot of times uh, some things are spiritual. And so literally there there will be demons that will come out of the water, enter into the lives of men, enter into the homes of men. And so we see God raises up watchers. He raises up guardians. He raises up men and women that stand at the gate. He raises up strong apostolic voices that can stand and say, you will not be permitted to enter into this place. But when there are no strong apostolic voices in our region, especially if it is surrounded by water, then you see that place overflowing with perversion with and with witchcraft, especially Glory to God, let me know if this is making sense to you. And so we see some symptoms of if I wanna, because I said, as I travel, I've come to notice and understand that so many people deal with spirits that are associated with the water because it's such there's so many of them. And so here are some ways to know if you deal with one of these things. Like a lot of times people who, 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 are, who are struggling with a marine spirit, they have an, an, an inordinate attraction to water and beaches. Oftentimes, they feel as though something is calling them there. A lot of times, they want to go there and commit suicide. I had a young lady who she was about to drive, and and her plan was just to go to the water and to just go walk into the water and to disappear, because there was something in her generationally that was calling, that caused the water to draw her there. Yes. And so an inordinate attraction to water and beaches, feeling cold, it is not normal and it is not natural. Paul said, I will not be held in captivity on bondage to anything. I genuinely and strongly believe that there is nothing that should have so much of a pull on you that you are not able to control yourself. You, We are created to live above all things in order to create a, a true change and to influence the world that we find ourselves So we have also an attraction to mermaids. This is usually children. And then we have people who constantly are dreaming of swimming. They'll find themselves constantly dreaming of swimming, of drowning, um, they, or you'll you constantly see serpents and snakes because serpents or snakes are literally just, an, uh, they are a group in the marine kingdom. That are known as serpentry, a group in the marine kingdom of serpents and snakes. And in there, you have kundalini, you have python, you know, you have viper spirits, you have all these spirits that are, are, are serpents in nature. And so, so you'll have dreams, you'll see serpents everywhere, serpents wrapping themselves around you, etc. Also, if you're dealing with a marine spirit, you'll have sex in the dream. Sexual intercourse in the dream, you'll find yourself getting aroused at a random moment. And it's not a normal and a natural thing. Um, You'll see yourself getting married in the dream. Listen, those of you that are young and you're looking, you're believing God for a spouse, do not fall into the trap of uh, accepting a marriage in your dream. I remember one time I prayed with this lady and she said that she had a dream because she had been looking for her husband. She had a dream that she was getting married to some guy. And she said, oh my God, thank you, Jesus. And then the next dream, the same guy came back and he was kissing her. She said, "Okay, that's a little bit strange. And then the next dream after that, what happens? They were having full-blown intercourse and she found herself in bondage. And so the enemy creeps in unawares, little by little, piece by piece. And so do not allow what you believe, you think that you need, um don't allow the enemy to use that to put you in bondage so you'll see yourself having sex in dreams you'll see yourself having marriages in dreams you'll see yourself with children in dreams and when i was praying for the man that i said had the mermaid spirit because spiritually the lord had told me that he had had intercourse with someone that was not fully human and that he had also children in the realm of the spirit and so when I began to ask him of these questions, he said, yes, he lived a very perverse life before he came to the Lord. And also not only would he, would he have dreams of children, but he would also have dreams of mermaids. And also it was just yesterday, I was ministering deliverance to a woman and she said, prophet, pray for me. I'm believing God for a seed. And so one of the things, oh, when I say seed, I'm referring to children. She said, I am believing God for children. And so one of the things these things do, which will deal with, how it affects people on an individual level. It it hinders children. And so you'll see yourself in the dream, either breastfeeding or having children, but you won't have any children in the physical. And then also, ironically, people who have a strong fear of water as well. Um, And so there are many agendas, many agendas. My god, this time flew. Jesus Christ, there are many agendas of the Marine Kingdom and we have the agendas on on an individual level and also on a societal level. On the individual level, we deal with, you often will struggle with sexuality. You'll be sexual, sensual, overly flirtatious and perverse in nature. I'll say it again, sexual, sensual, flirtatious and perverse in nature. That means the things that you do, are really just you giving expression to that spirit that is inside of you. Come on, nose ring. Come on, waist (laughs) beads. Amen. And you'll see yourself becoming, so you'll become a sensual and very seductive person. Perverse in nature. Engaging in sexual abuse and also receiving sexual abuse, there is a spirit that is known as the spirit of, of a victim. It makes you a victim. And so the moment someone is sexually abused, oftentimes they go through their life consistently being sexually abused because now they become a victim and there is a spirit inside of them that likes that abuse. There's a demon that likes that abuse and so what happens it will always connect them with people who have a spirit that will see them in a way and desire to abuse them. Yes. Waste somebody asks I don't I don't believe what's wrong with waste bees. Waste bees they're, they're actually connected to ancestral worship. And so they're not just there to look good, but they're connected to ritualistic practices. And just the fact that it it lies on the waist is an indication, is one of the, (laughs) is one of the indications. Someone says, don't manifest now. They're manifesting already. (laughs) And so on the individualistic level or in the individual level, we have the degradation of the family and the home. And just going back to like sexual, area as I said you'll have you will have dreams where you're having sex I told you guys I told you guys about the testimony of I prayed for my aunt because she was really struggling in her relationship with her husband they were married traditionally but they were not married in the eyes of the law in America and he was abusive he was taken advantage of he was beating her they had children everything and I said okay I'm going to pray with you for a certain amount of time for about a a month. So every week I met her for a month and we prayed and then she had a dream And she saw, she was in her apartment and she saw a serpent was flying in her apartment. And as a serpent was flying in the apartment, what happens? She takes a machete and she cuts it. And when she cuts it, there is white stuff oozing out of it. And she begins to ask, the Holy Spirit asks her, what is that that you see? And she says, Lord, I don't know what this is. Is it pus? The Holy Spirit said, no, that is the semen of your husband that these spirits use to control him. And so her husband will actually have intercourse at nighttime. And they would take his semen to control him. And there is literally a storehouse in the kingdom of waters where they store bodily fluids and they store blood, they store bones, they store ashes. Why? Because a lot of times if you see yourself, I don't want to seem like that African guy, but if you see yourself eating in the dreams, like what you're eating is flesh, the flesh of man. And, it's, 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 and it's, it's spoken about in scripture as, as well. It says, warn to them that cause on people to eat the flesh of man. Amen. And so you're eating and so it's literally they're taking flesh and bones and, and, and um and bodily fluids to utilize it for, for their own agenda and to create these spiritual children. That's why someone will have a spiritual, you're wondering why am I seeing myself having all these children in the realm of the spirit, but I can't have children in natural because your DNA has been used and they're claiming, those children are claiming ownership of you and those spirits are very jealous. So, they're not, so, so, they, so they do not want you to be in covenant with any other thing that'll take your attention away from them. And so we also see the degradation of the family and the home life. And so we see them, see marriages being destroyed. I pray for people where literally, and I talked about how Leviathan hinders covenants. I pray for people where literally they have felt, they have felt a third party lying in between them in the bed a husband and a wife in the bed, they feel something lying in between them. When when you have a couple and they're always arguing, I say, listen, this is not normal. It is not just a thing of counseling or trying to suppress it. This can be a spirit that is stirring it up. I prayed for a woman one time and she said, listen, m- m- me and my husband, I-, I felt like just leaving them. I left for a few days because we weren't communicating, yada, yada, And I said, wait, listen, well, I said, how were the marriages in, your, in the woman in your family? And she said, well, my mother and my father, they were together, and my mother left, my sister, she was never married, my other sister, she left her husband, yada, yada. And I said, listen, so it's not an issue of the lack of communication in your home. There's a spirit in you that is claiming ownership over you, over you and it's a very jealous spirit. Oftentimes, like, your partner can feel as though he's against or he's up against competition or she's up against competition, and they're like, what is going on? I feel as though this person, they don't fully belong to me, and it'll cause like little over the the smallest arguments, the smallest things, there's constant arguments, there's constant stress. I pray for one couple, and I can literally feel the love of God flowing through them for each other after they receive deliverance from the spirit. It was as if that barrier and that wall was broken down. So so on the individual level, we deal with what? The degradation of the family and the home life also we deal with the loss of resources and a systematic breaking down of finance of the financial life why does this occur and this usually takes place after marriage because as i said this these spirits are very jealous and so I want and I like to I like to tell you testimony because i want to help you understand that this is real People are really dealing with this. There are some things in deliverance that you can't really talk about with the open unless people who are dealing with those things come to you and say, "Listen, I'm dealing with this," and you say, "Okay, I understand," because in the general public they won't really get it. But um, oftentimes there is a destruction or uh, uh, the breaking down of the financial home of the financial life of people. And I remember I was praying with this family before, and and, and she said, "Listen." My husband and I were doctors. We make money. But the moment we got married, when we first got married, we were living in different places and everything was fine. But the moment we came together, it was as if, All hell broke loose against our finances and we're struggling with poverty. And so if you're dealing with that, if you notice that once you got married, there's such an attack against your finances, you must stand in faith and cast out that spirit and stand in your authority as a child of God, declaring that you belong to no other entity and deity besides God and your spouse. So that that power against your finances would be broken and you would walk in the blessings of God. Also, it blocks the glory glory of God and the full expression of the Holy Spirit. People who struggle with these things, they will not be able to reach the pinnacle and the potential of what God has placed inside of them, especially if they're in ministry, because their virtue will consistently be drained. And so so they'll spend time fasting, they'll pray, they'll spend time of God, but they'll have a sexual dream. And the virtue and the virtue that they've accumulated will be drained as a result of that encounter. And we understand that virtue can be drained because Jesus, you notice Jesus would do the most miracles when he went out. When he would pray all night. And so when he prayed all night, he generated energy, power, and virtue. And when he went out, he said, okay, I'm charged up. I'm gonna go to this person's house. I'm gonna heal all these people. I'm gonna cast all these devils. And then when that virtue was depleted, what happened? The Bible says they would look for him and he would be nowhere to be found because where would he be? He would be back on the mountain or he'd be somewhere hidden uh, seeking God. And so then on a societal level, Let's try to run through this on a societal level, we have a gradual and systematic decline of morality to make it more easily acceptable. And so the strength of this power comes from what is going on in society. And so our society is very sexually charged. And so that is why it is charged with perversion, with lust, with adultery, with divorce, is charged with these things. And so it gives this power, these power strength. And so those of you that have ministered deliverance, you'll know that that's one of the reasons why it's oftentimes the hardest to cast out a Jezebel spirit, the very stubborn spirit, because Jezebel is also a marine spirit, is also known as the queen of the coast or the queen of heavens as well. And and, and it draws a strength, not just from that person, but from the environment as well. And that is why, as Prophet Jordan said, in order to make a... In order to make a difference, you must come out from under the influence of that spirit and under the influence of that principality. But they work through politics and through media. Look at media. Perversion is becoming more and more acceptable throughout the day. You can't scroll through social media without seeing someone half naked, and it's become normalized. Whereas 20 years ago, 50 years ago, Modesty was still a thing in the society, but these days people are dressing anyhow, looking anyhow. Why to strengthen the power of these spirits and in the society they work through politics to pass laws because these are spirits that work in politicians to pass these laws. And a lot of times these people do not know what they're doing, or they do not understand what's going going or what spirit they they are yielding themselves to. And as I said, it works through media as well. So there are people that can tap into this realm because spiritually you can receive inspiration from just the soul or your mind, but also you can receive inspiration from God. And also you can receive inspiration from the kingdom of hell. And where you receive inspiration from um, souls, or when you put that inspiration to action, you are bringing that kingdom into the environment as well. And so on the societal level, we have the creation and the facilitation of also certain fashions. As I talked about, a lot of the fashions that we see are people wearing serpentine clothes. I mean, I don't want to be legalistic, but as well, a lot of these things have come from Um, the marine kingdom they look a certain way very seductive there are certain people you look at and it literally takes the grace of that they can be fully clothed but it literally takes the grace of god for you to look away it is not a natural attraction there was a spirit that is working behind them to draw you in order to cut off your destiny also the degradation of the family institution on a broad scale, We're in a time and age where there are a lot of teachings, there are a lot of thought processes, there is feminism, there's all these things that are empowering people to be independent, and in doing so, they see no need for the family institution. Men are becoming lovers of themselves as well. The first institution, which was put into manifestation by God was the family institution. And then um, once again, on a societal level, they work in cities. As I said, usually cities by the world struggle the most with spiritual warfare. And God counteracts this by raising strong apostolic voices, guards, watchmen in those regions. Some cultures worship worship and engage with these entities more freely than others and so when you have a culture that engages with these entities on a higher level more frequently and more freely and more directly then you'll see a greater manifestation of these things as I said you go to some places and you can be talking to people or you can be you know you can find that that girl pretty or that guy handsome and you get into it with them, and you don't know that you just slept with someone that has literally lived in the water for a set amount of time. And they came out, <laughs> and now you don't even understand what's going on in your life and why you're dealing with the level of bondage and affliction you're going through. And it becomes unnatural. So these are, this is just some... You know, this teaching is just a little bit about the Marine Kingdom. There's so much more to it. We can go a lot deeper, but I want, I want to stop here and I want to give the opportunity for just, I don't even know if I want to answer questions because <laughs> it's already 1.45, but I, I think I answer like maybe just one or two questions and then I'm going to pray and let you guys go. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. And so there's a need for, del- if, you, if you look at your life and you say, man. I, ha- I see some of these things in my life, in my family, in my generation. If you, ever, if, you li- if you come from a generation that struggles, especially with perversion, that struggles with incest, with abuse, that struggles uh, uh, with rape and molestation, that struggles with divorce and the breaking of homes and premarital, and, 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 and premarital childbirth, oftentimes that is because there is an entity that is claiming ownership over either the men in the household or the women in the, in the household. And that is what? That is a marine spirit. And so we must, we must, we must, we must, we must stand upon the word of God, declaring that God is God upon the waters and breaking these things off of our life. And as a result of how stubborn these spirits are, a lot of times you have to come in contact with a deliver, a bona, a bona fide deliverance ministry or deliverance minister or someone or sometimes an apostle or prophet. And I'm, I'm sorry to say like this, but there are some things that the offices deal with as a result of the gifting and the grace upon their life. Something about that office in, 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 in in, in unison with the ministry of deliverance, that it makes us able to break deeper levels of bondage. Amen. There are some levels of, of of spiritual bondage that you do not want to deal with on your own, and I believe that this is really one of them because it's so deep. It can be so deeply entrenched into someone's identity and into someone's soul. Amen. <sighs> Someone says, if you have a dream about people forcefully attra- extracting bodily fluids, does this mean the Marine Kingdom is taking a hit on you? Yes, if you have dreams of people extracting bodily fluids, they're taking your DNA in order to either use it for something else or in order to cause you to be attracted to someone to is so much to get into, but, it, but they can use it in order to cause sickness, to cause disease, or to even plant a seed in someone else so that you can meet up with them in real life and be attracted to them. And so sometimes what happens, you, you'll find yourself having a certain dream, especially maybe a sexual dream, and the next few days you're struggling so badly or the person you saw in your dream comes to you in real life. I had, I had a young lady who said her father's, her, her son's father, that they were not together. But she had a dream randomly that what happened, that she had intercourse with him. And, and the next, literally the next day, he showed up at her door. The next day. Someone said, if you dream of being raped, are you really being raped by demons? Yes, you are. You are being molested. You are being raped. You're being taken advantage of. And these are dreams that you cannot allow. See, you cannot. Oh, my God. It just gets me so mad. It gets me so upset at what the devil does. (laughs) It gets me so upset because the children of God are in so much bondage. If you're having dreams and you're being raped, you're being molested, you're being abused, this is not the will of God for your life. If you're struggling in your finances and your family in any other area of life, this is not the will of God for your life. He won't wants you to be free. Amen. Glory to God. So I'm going to pray a little bit. I'm, I think I'm just going to take you guys through some, some deliverance, maybe like 10, 15, 10 minutes. Cause I got to be somewhere as well. Amen. Um, and, uh, We'll continue this journey. As you said, we're going to have a part two, but also I have many deliverance videos. If this resonated with you, go to my YouTube. I have we have such an extensive, exhaustive library of deliverance video. Just binge them. And you're going to be releasing stuff, throwing up and all that. But if you're here and you're dealing and you said, Prophet, I'm dealing with these things, with this thing, I'm going to take you through just some prayer and I'm going to pray for you. And then I'll let you go. I want you to, rep- I want you to take a deep breath, relax yourself. And I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, in the name of Jesus, I declare that I belong to Jesus and Jesus alone, that I, I offer an, a certificate of divorce to every marine spirit and to every spiritual spouse, that has claimed ownership over my life. I break every covenant with Leviathan, with witchcraft, with Rahab the dragon, with the waters of Babylon. I break every covenant with death and destruction, with the occult, in the name of Jesus. And I declare that it is my right to be free. I renounce every sin. I repent for every sin that I have committed, that even my ancestors have committed that has led to me being in a place of bondage at this moment. I pray for the burning up and the destruction of every demonic wedding gown, every demonic wedding suit, and every demonic wedding ring, and also every demonic wedding gift. And I declare that as I receive prayer this afternoon, that let deliverance hit my life and let these chains be broken. I renounce every spiritual child that I have seen that I have in the realm of the spirit. I said, let them die. The same with every demonic spiritual spouse in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna pray for you now. I'm gonna keep it short. I know we have to go. If you can go to the bathroom, I like to tell people get ready, prepare yourself. It is a sign of expectancy and faith. So usually when I'm praying for deliverance, I say get a plastic bag, get a bucket, or or gets or go to the bathroom. Amen. So really quickly, you may not have those things around you, but just run to the bathroom. I pray for you now. In the name of Jesus, I speak to you, and I am not speaking to these people, but I am speaking specifically to every demonic entity, every demonic force that dwells in the lives of these people, that dwells in their bodies. We judge you in the name of the Lord, and I declare that they have confessed that they want absolutely nothing to do with you. So I speak to you right now, and I command you to begin to let them go in the name of Jesus, wherever you Lodged yourself in whatever organ you've attached yourself to, you spirit that is in their wombs that causes irregular menstrual flows, that causes extreme pain or extreme bleeding. During their monthly cycles, you spirit of lust and perversion and harlotry, I speak to every spirit of seduction. I command you to let these people go right now in the name of Jesus. Wherever you're holding them in captivity in the realm of the spirit, at whatever level of hell their souls or pieces of their soul are being held in captivity, I declare them being set free right now. In the name of Jesus, I cast out every serpentine spirit, every marine spirit, every spiritual husband, every spiritual wife, every spiritual child. I cast out every serpentine spirit. I cast out every ancestral curse, every ancestral spirit. I cast out every familiar spirit. I cast out every monitoring spirit. I cast out every devil that dwells in or around them, every yoke of the enemy. I commanded to be shattered. I commanded to be broken. And I say, let these people go they are the children of god you devils you have been judged and you your place is in the pit of hell you have been overcome and you are waiting for judgment on the last day the bible says that jesus spawned principalities and powers and made an open show of them the bible says that those that call upon the name of the lord they shall be delivered so deliverance is the children's bread so i command you now i am not negotiating with you i am not asking you i am commanding you now to let them go to let their families go to let their children go to let their homes go to let their finances go wherever you've entrenched yourself yourself you spirit of jezebel you spirit of seduction you spirit of perversion i curse you and i cast you out right now in the name of jesus come out of them this moment, if you're here and you're in the bathroom, just start coughing. Sometimes it's there and we don't know how to release it. So just start coughing. I command right now in the name of Jesus as they cough in favor, you devils, we, pl- we walk right through you and we push you out of their bodies. Get out of them right now. From the crown of their heads, even to the sole of their feet, I command you to let them go now. Out. Out in the name of Jesus. I said, out in the name of Jesus. I sit out, I declare that God is God upon the water. And indeed, the the head of Rahab the dragon is broken in pieces. And indeed, Leviathan is fished out with the hook of the Lord. I I, I come against that spirit of pride and arrogance. I break the scales of Leviathan. I speak to every spirit of witchcraft, anger, intellectualism, manipulation, perfection, self-centeredness, rage. On every unyielding spirit, spirit of destruction, hard-heartedness, intolerance, mockery, rebellion, shame, arrogance, control, disobedience, haughtiness, strife, boasting, cursing, dominating, independence, lying, selfishness, stubbornness, every unwillingness to apologize, every egotistical spirit, spirit of conceit and intolerance. I curse you and I command you to let them go right now in the name of Jesus. Get out completely. Let it out don't hold it in. However it's coming out, let it come out. Amen. We have opened the door for your deliverance and we are believing God that even as you're receiving this moment, you are going to continue to receive throughout the rest of this coming week, should I say. And also if you if you've been, if you're going through the process of deliverance and releasing stuff, as soon as we get off here, I strongly do advise you hop on my YouTube so that we can further that. So if you're releasing, you're releasing, we don't have time to, to To take it all the way through right now, but go to the web, but go to the YouTube, listen to any one of the prayers. You can skip the teaching, just go to the prayers, and we will help you to break that stuff off of you. Also, if you are here and it is your responsibility. To let go of every item that you have in your home, in your house, that is associated with the waters and the marine spirits. Allow the Holy Spirit to to show you. If if you're on social media, go through your pictures. Get rid of the stuff that is sexual, that is perverse, that is sensual, the stuff that you know attracts the wrong attention. I want you to, if it's overly revealing, get rid of it because... you're casting on the spirit and you still have all that stuff around you, then it has access back into your life. Let go of people that you know are not supposed to be in your life. Let them go. The name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm 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 handing this back over to Prophet Jordan. If you receive deliverance, I want you to comment and say I was touched, I was blessed, I was delivered. Something came out of me. Um, and I I hand it over to you, bro. Glory to God, amen. Amen.